Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick is here, but he's not on the screen, but I promise you he is here. Uh, Got a good one for you today. We are, of course, talking Tesla earnings. Uh, We'll talk Lyft. They had some news. We'll talk GameStop. Uh, we'll talk about this NSPR. There is Dennis. Or no, that's not Dennis. We, uh, we're, and we'll talk NSPR, which had a, a reverse split. Dennis is raining, raining on their parade this morning, I think. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a parade rainer honor. Uh, we'll take questions from our chat. We'll talk earnings. We had you. There's Dennis. Jeez Louise. Good morning, Dennis. Thanks for joining us. I was just on the <laughs> Phone with a Reuters reporter. All right. <laughs> so he says. I'm like, I got to go. I got to do a live podcast. And Marie Band is our guest today. She is a favorite. She's from the tradingbook.com. She would join the show at 835. In the meantime, if you haven't already, just make it a part of your routine. Go ahead. Smash that like button as soon as we get started so we know that you appreciate us. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to Benzinga Clips. It is our new YouTube channel. You can find it right there on our main channel homepage. Scroll down. There it is. Friends in the Clips, where we post highlights from all of our shows on that channel. Friends in the Clips, right there. Check it out on YouTube. Um, let's bring up Joel's charts, if we can, and see how we're doing this morning. Mr. Joel, how goes it? Uh, good morning, Spencer. Let's get our charts up here. Take a look at the markets. S&Ps are currently trading up three and a half handles at 41.83. Survived that uh, little sell-off at the end of the day yesterday to post a new all-time closing high. Uh, we have crude. Crude is trading in the green. Come on. There we go. What's going on? Come on, screen. There we go. Crude trading up. 35 cents at 62.27. Gold just hanging here under 1800. That resistance, we just can't get it out of the way. Up a buck 20 at 17.8130. Silver, that's up 7.6 cents at 26. 26.5. Wow, a lot of 26s in there. And uh, Bitcoin climbing its way back up in the 55 handle or 50 handle. Uh, up $1,095 at $55,165. Uh, so, Dennis, did you give our writers some breaking news on something? Or... They want to know about microvision. So I literally talked for 30 seconds. Like, I got to hop. I got to hop. I got to get on the Benzinger podcast. So MVIS, I mean, you can, we can start and talk about it. But, you know, it's exploded here the last couple of days. I know short interest is higher on this name. Spencer, you're going to have any headlines that have been here, but is this being driven by a short squeeze? I believe it is. How'd you know? 
<laughs> I see a high short interest. I see an explosion in price. I kind of put two and two together. It's like a puzzle. And, you know, the puzzle has two pieces. <laughs> I go like this. Click. This Chart also, squeeze. 101. This is also your indicator. You just go to Wall Street Bets, and you can search for uh, keywords or tickers. This is the GameStop of the, the flavor of the week. Look, look the, the top host on Wall Street Bets right now. I became an MVIS millionaire today. That is the top post. Why does everybody get rich except me? I'm trying to figure this out. I've been trained 22 years, and I plug away and pay the bills. But, man, everybody, I'm doing it wrong. You, you just got to buy, buy this high short interest stuff. Put all your money. This is how they do They put all their money in one stock, and they and they jump, and then it takes off, and then they bank coin. Is that how, is that how it works? Is this how everybody else does it? Chad, <laughs> is this how you guys all do it too? I must be doing it wrong. Because you don't own MVIS is your problem. I think. Well, I never own the one that goes up the hundred percent in two days. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Paper hands, man. I, even, Paper even, hands. Yeah, that's his problem. Paper hands. You're you're right, Mitch. You have me figured out. You know, <laughs> just from listening to me for the last seven years, <laughs> you have me figured out, Mitch. Paper hands. How do I get rid of these paper hands? What do I do? Uh, I want to be able to buy Microvision, even though I never even have bought it before. And hold it for these thousands of percent, or or like our friend uh, Roaring Kitty, he's still long GameStop. He doesn't give up, man, and he's killing it and taking names. Somebody said he's got like twenty million shares or something of that thing now, or not? Maybe not. Maybe more. Two million shares, twenty million dollars in it. Yeah, he like he exercised some calls a couple weeks ago. Sorry, yeah, twenty million dollars <laughs> in it. The other trader was just saying. He, uh, yeah, for a while. I mean. I- He's all in. I guess this is how, you, if you really want to get rich, you put all your money in one ba- one stock, and you go margined up, and if it hits, you're rich, and if it's not, well, you're bankrupt, and you got to figure out something else to do. <laughs> 200,000 shares, they're telling me. How, how how much money does this guy have when he started, this Roaring Kitty guy? Let's get Roaring Kitty on the show. Can we bring him on? We've tried, man. He, you can't get Roaring Kitty? He's a hard man to reach. Right? Holy, this guy just like made a famous YouTube video on GameStop stock goes from six to 400. And now the person is the most famous person on Wall Street. What's his real name? Uh, Keith Gill. Keith Gill. That's an easy name to remember. I should be able to remember that. Keith. They call him Keith. No, they call him Roaring Kitty. Yeah, or they call him Deep Effing Value, which is his Reddit name. And uh, I told you it was a value market. This Roaring Kitty guy started all this. That's when all growth all went to the crapper, and now we came in all these value names and the Viacom rallies and all these other ones. This Deep Value investor that's running everything. Since we're talking about stocks that that are running, uh, or maybe not, you want to start with this NSPR? Uh, Dennis is raining on everyone's parade this morning. I did. I'm sorry. He's he's he's. People are awake. I had multiple messages, and then uh, just people saying, "Whoa, did you see NSPR?" And um, then I just went and had to go quickly look. I looked at my scanner, and and you're correct. I looked at it. I was like, "Whoa, it's up one thousand one hundred thirty percent." I'm like, "Wait a second. This was a fifty cent stock." And I'm like, "Did they do a reverse split?" And I look at the adjusted close. Oh. Adjusted close seven dollars and thirty five cents. I'm like, yeah, this scanner here is looking at yesterday's close, but the adjusted close after the fifteen for one, one for fifteen reverse split is seven dollars and thirty five cents. So I had to inform a couple people on Twitter there that I'm sorry, you're not up a thousand percent. You're actually down money. So sorry if you're looking at your NSPR this morning. And I was joking this morning when I tweeted that about. But if you're looking at it and you got your thousand shares and you think you're up five thousand bucks. 
from yesterday. When you log into your account, you're going to be missing a few shares because that's what they do is they take away one for 15. They take away shares. So if you got 1,000 shares, you now have 66 shares. So you're actually, the adjusted close, like I said, is $7.35. So you're down money. Sorry to rain on everyone's NSPR 1,000% parade. Yeah. All right. Tell me about, I mean, if you're a newbie, though, how do you really know that? If you're a new trader and you just started, you're not, you know, you don't know much about reverse splits and stuff. I mean, I get it. So you, you look and, and honestly, these brokerages houses, you know, do take their time sometimes to figure out the adjustments and stuff. They usually just hold and then, you know, your shares will show up in a day or your shares will be gone in a day. But they're not going to allow you to just log in there and sell your thousand shares. So at least I would hope not. So because <laughs> otherwise you're going to be massively short the stock. Anyway, sorry about that. Sorry about the tweet. Let's go to Tesla here. Uh, Always a lot to to digest with the Tesla report. Uh, The the numbers, I mean, the the headline numbers are good, right? Their EPS came in higher. Their revenue came in higher. We knew they were already good on the delivery front because that number was out already. A couple other things. They talked about uh, the, the new factory in Shanghai. They're making progress there, making progress in Texas. Uh, Going to start um, semi-truck deliveries this year. Um, what else did they say? They uh, they sold some Bitcoin, which was interesting. Um, they trimmed their Bitcoin position. Which Did that uh, contribute to the earnings? It did. So, so and <laughs> did they beat earnings because they sold Bitcoin? Because somebody on Twitter was saying no, they not, actually beat uh, the numbers just because they sold Bitcoin. I don't know. I I didn't dive into the report. I don't assume that's true. It, it so so here's the thing. They they, uh, they were profitable uh, on overall net income basis, but if you take away the regulatory credits, they were not profitable. If you take away the Bitcoin gain, they were not profitable. Holy so the, the the Bitcoin sale plus regulatory credits equals uh, profitability uh, at least last quarter. Uh, well, I mean, I guess every quarter. Uh, for, so the Bitcoin sale did help. <laughs> it did help. It did. Help. It did help the bottom line numbers. Did do you think there were there was allegations last night, and I believe it was from our friend Gordo, and he was actually saying it to Elon Musk. He was trying to tweet at him, probably not getting a response, but. Basically, that they were selling the portion of Bitcoin to try to hit the numbers. I mean, I don't know. I I I should I I I don't know if that's exactly what he was saying, but I I read it. Maybe it wasn't Gordo that was tweeting that, but there was multiple people on Twitter saying that that they sold that amount of Bitcoin just to hit the numbers. Um, I would assume they would back that out because that's not regular operations. So I would assume when you're looking at the numbers that that's just like a one-time gain, right? That's not like a contributing to their. That shouldn't be contributing to their continuing operations. Their Bitcoin no. position, is it? No. Okay. Well, so I mean, anyway, so those allegations are false. It's a safe assumption that I, I guess now that they're they're going to be actively trading their 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 exposure, maybe buying and selling. I, so I, now I Tesla is a big now now Tesla like zero hedge has opened up a trading desk. I I don't know. I I don't know. They're doing pretty good at it. Uh, I mean, so maybe like like Zero Hedge says they should shut down their operations there, their car operations, because they make more money trading Bitcoin. <laughs> maybe there's a point. All right, I don't know. All right, all right, all We're right. We're in the heat, but yeah, he, he, he hit the bottom line with it. But did you guys see the deliveries? Did you guys see the stuff all about the power wall? 
Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, I, I saw did, nothing. Yeah, I did see the stuff about the power. So the power wall is interesting. So this is as part of their solar operation, right? Um, and mm -hmm. basically, if you're buying uh, solar panels from Tesla now, they're, they're going to make you also buy the power wall, which is their like energy storage system thing. I'll give you. I'll give you the money, Mitch. Report here. Okay. So um, give me the, the money, power, Mitch. Report. I want the money, Mitch. Report. So the, what the Powerball does, guys, is it stores your power already. Let's say going to your house, and it keeps a certain amount of power, so that when your power goes out, that kicks in, and then now you don't have to be worrying about having no power. Where did this get really big, guys? Of course, the winter storm of Texas. Um, so that's where it really got hit hard, and it, the demand got so high that they had to go ahead and change their strategy. They said that they're only going to give power walls to people that are their solar customers right now. Um, so the demand for the production of that power wall is literally so high that they can't meet the production right now. I think this is something to keep your eyes on. I mean, if they can't meet the production and the demand is still asking for more, they said that they're going to go ahead and release that hold on just solar customers. So I'd keep your eyes on that because that's that's a big area where they could definitely take a, another step up. Well, that's always been the knock on Tesla's. They can't meet <laughs> can't meet demand. Uh, the, the, the thing about this report, and it, it, it's it's the same as true every quarter, is, and I said this last night, is the bulls will find a reason to like it, and the bears will find a reason to hate it. Right? Um, if if you're bullish, you like that they beat the numbers. You like that it was a massive quarter on on the delivery front, on the production front, and you like that they're making progress on their. Uh, 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 other uh, new plants and, and, and new models, right? Uh, if you're bearish, you don't like the regulatory credits and Bitcoin uh, accounting for the profitability. You don't like the price cuts for uh, vehicles, which, you know, they're having to do now to compete with all the other, EV, uh, you know, EV companies out there. Um, so there are reasons to like it, reasons to not like it. Uh, but Joel, how is the market reacting this morning? Uh, we talked about the straddle and that the straddle was over 50 bucks. And so I think straddle writers are benefiting it. Uh, the pre-market or let's call it the after hours high, 745, kind of was looking for 750 as resistance. We talked about that on the afternoon show. Uh, pre-market low, couldn't, couldn't get down to 700. 714.16 is that uh, pre-market low. You made that about 530 this morning. Uh, just bases the daily charts here. Uh, Tesla's got to make up its mind here. Does it want to bust over 750 and get to 800 and 850, then 2,000, 3,000, and 4,000? Or is it going to bust, take out this $700 level and has some more work to do on the downside? The catalyst earnings is gone. So I don't know what the catalyst is going to be, but definitely a trading range here at 7750 over the last two, four, six, eight, nine trading sessions. I have no comments on Tesla. There's store there's stocks that have a story that never go away. And it seems like GameStop and Tesla are two of these. They've been disconnected from fundamentals forever. So it's hard to figure it out. I, I have no comments on Tesla. Uh, I don't know if you want to look at the uh, Tesla supply chain uh, companies like BYD, um, Panasonic, which I don't think trades in the U.S. actually. 
Um, the reason these are tough trades is because you're not getting an extreme move in the stock. I look at sympathy moves when I see a stock getting hammered like 15% or up 15%, stocks move 2%. It's a fairly, it's half of what every, you know, less than half of what everybody expected. Yeah. So it's really a nothing burger. Yep. Um, you know, this is, a, this, this will move $16 on a normal day. You know, we got an earnings report. It's digested. It's been hanging out in this area. So we'll see what it does after the open. Um, you know, you want to see it. If you really are bullish, you want to see it get back green. But it's a tough stock to call. This is a tough stock to call. And it's a, and it's a tough chart, too. So it's, something, it's a curveball. I'm, I'm not even going to try to call it. Something that you've been talking about, uh, well, we've been repeatedly talking about, uh, is is their, their market share, which is, of course, you know, going down. Uh, there's a chart from Bloomberg up this morning. Just yeah, can just, we see that? Or uh, I guess we're not allowed to show it. By. Um, I mean, it literally is just a chart, which I, I guess I could show it for you. Uh, why? I mean, why not? Credit Bloomberg. Why? I mean, it's just a screenshot. I I can show a damn screenshot if I want. So well, let me just make it nice and big. Market share is coming down a bit. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to come down significantly. It's the same reason Coinbase. It's they've got the market share is going to come in. Do do right. the stock investors care though? Right. Or they will they find another story? You know, now now it's all of a sudden a Bitcoin story. I'm not joking. You know, Tesla's been trading a little bit with Bitcoin lately. So even though it's like a fraction of a percent, you know, of their holdings. So Tesla still leads EV market by far, but competition's heating up. Yeah. I mean it's kind of like it's kind of like the Netflix thing. It's the same thing. They were so far ahead yeah. and now competition's heating up. But but the difference between Tesla and Netflix, like you were making the point, Spencer, is that you can subscribe to Disney Plus and Netflix sure. and right. Hulu and all right. the other ones yes. where you're not going to buy 25 cars. Right. So, I mean, that as competition heats up, it's one less customer. So, like I was saying, you know, with our new house, we're going to put an EV charging station in there. But like, well, I don't even know what one to, to put in. And um, my brother-in-law is saying, you know, you can get there's going to be universal ones that are coming out now because, you know, my wife's saying, oh, we get a Tesla. But. I'm like, you know, they're going to have so much choice. I'm mean, going to have General Motors going to have like 20, 20 different choices of EVs. So I don't even know. You know, I, I'm fairly confident we're going to buy a couple of EV vehicles going forward. But I don't know if they're going to be Teslas. I don't know if they're going to be General Motors. I don't know if they're going to be, uh, you know, Volkswagen. I don't know what they're going to be. There's going to be a lot of choice, though, I can tell you that much. I don't know if they're going to be Fiskers. I, I kind of like the Fisker. So, which is going to be available starting towards the end well, of 2022. What about the, uh, the, the Lordstown motor endurance that get, it, it might not get you all the way to where, where you need to go, but, but it gets you halfway there. Like halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it, the stocks are doing pretty good now from that. After that, the stocks starting to come back. Look, Hey, our buddy Marcus is back above 10 here. It gets back to 15 Marcus in the green. Is it 15? No, if it gets back to fifteen, it's at oh, ten. Okay. No, no, it's, that's a pretty good comeback. The stocks rallied like almost seventeen, eighteen percent here in the last couple of days. Was uh, Tesla nice the, was Tesla the only stock that reported last night? I mean, no, pretty much. Joel <laughs> NXPI was the other one. There wasn't <laughs> yeah, a lot of reports. There's yeah. a lot this really? morning. UPS is up thirteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, but that's what you asked last night. Well, last night okay. we were going through. Yeah, okay. there really really wasn't much last night. I can even show you like up there's really there was like okay. a dozen stocks. But yeah. this morning there is some big guns. So Joel is making a good point here. Let's go to UPS. Um, whoa, you mean at home deliveries are up? The market really didn't see this one coming, and obviously, I guess I should have bought into it. They sold it hard into the earnings report Very yesterday. Hard yesterday. Yeah. 
dead wrong. Give us the numbers. Uh, EPS two dollars and seventy seven cents versus a one dollar and seventy two cent estimate. Sales of twenty two point nine billion versus twenty point five billion dollars. So a big earnings beat, a big revenue beat. Uh, no plans for buybacks this year, though buybacks are are up um, year over year across the board overall. Um, stock is up this morning, as you can see. FedEx and UPS just continue to absolutely wow. kill it. I don't see that changing anytime soon. This is a new all-time high for UPS. Um, I honestly didn't even look at it yesterday. I wish I would have because I'm down $5 going to that report. I've been like, I bet UPS beats. Um, and expectations, when you see a candle like that, when they're going up 5 and the report, expectations are higher. It's this simple, guys. It's this simple when you're trading earnings report. You see them going down in the report, the expectations are lower. So if they come out and beat, the stock is probably going higher. If they see them going up into the report, expectations are higher and they need to beat big. So with a candle like that, they only need to beat. UPS um, obviously killed it. So just, you know, rightfully so. I don't know who's selling that thing ahead of the report that nervous about it. It didn't even really run up. You know, even the, the prior, even the run up wasn't as good as the market. 165 to 180, I mean, maybe it was, but... You know, you see some of the other, you know, transports and stuff just really, you know, up a lot more than that. So this is like, you know, obvious guy money here. And I'm really disappointed in myself that I didn't look at this chart yesterday. You big old sell on Fox Street, leaning the wrong way into the report. Uh, interesting. We we got a pre-market high here of uh, 190.50. Uh, went to 190.34 just on the last bracket. So... I think this one, uh, if you're trading this one, and just going back to the past history of UPS, it's gonna it's gonna have a a pullback. I don't know from what level, but this thing, just keep an eye on that pre market high. See where that is. Jot that down. See if it can take it out, and then perhaps come back down through it. But man, I I this to me, this thing's gonna do some work in the 180 handle. I know it's holding up here at 190, but. 14 up 14 bucks, huge move, and uh, FDX is uh moving. Probably look at the book too. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not that thick on this. Uh, FedEx, it took a while, but it that's back up. That's uh, that has pulled back off its uh, its pre market high, pre market high 85.57. Little gap to fill in here, so we'll be looking at uh, 85.57, 86.67 is your next high. In FDX. Uh, what else do we have? We had uh, Eli Lilly this morning, which is getting yeah, uh, the beats, uh, to put it nicely. Um, earnings uh, per share of buck eighty-seven versus a two dollars and fourteen cent estimate, so a miss there. Sales six point eight billion versus a seven billion dollar estimate, so they missed that as well. They gave some uh, uh, guidance, EPS guidance for the year. Uh, in the seven, the basically the high seven dollar range versus eight dollar and thirty two cent estimate. So that was low. The low numbers across the board, um, at least compared to the estimates for LLY. One thing to consider is that Lily has had, re, you know, and obviously it sold off the last month or two, but it has outperformed every other firm of stock, every other big firm of yeah. stock. I mean, if you look at the last two years, Lily, you know, was a hundred and twenty dollar stock a year and a half ago, one hundred and eighty. Merck, two years ago, 85, 77 down. Pfizer, you know, which has had the vaccine, you know, and it's went nowhere in the last two years. $38 two years ago, $38 today. Bristol Myers, same thing. It was $65 two years ago, it's $65 today. 
So Lily's expectations are higher as well overall uh, because this stock has obviously outperformed. I don't know if it's, you know, they have an Alzheimer's drug. They've got some other things cooking. They've obviously are doing some things right. But this has been a stock that has outperformed um, the market. So it is still loved. 180 is huge for it. Can it 180, yep. Joel? That's a big question. Of the day. Yeah, that's it on the monthlies. Uh, let's see. You had last month low right at that area, 179.82. You dipped under it, though, in the pre-market, 77.50 is your pre-market low. But looks like it's catching the bid here. So I don't know if you're going to get another look at that pre-market low. Just 180. I mean, look at the monthlies. That's what it's telling you. Hold 180, currently trading 181.15. Uh, if you do mount a rally today, uh, wow, bottom of yesterday's range way up at 186.06. So you're going to need a good pop in order to fill the gap. But very important for Lily hold 180 uh, today and for the, you know, moving forward. You know what else is trending this morning is GE. They had earnings. Um, I, you know, we don't talk this one very often on the show, but they had earnings, uh, EPS above estimates, sales below estimates. So mixed headline numbers, but it is down. What is it down? Uh, 45 cents, 43 cents, 13, 14. Completely rejected off the 14 yesterday too. When it made the early morning run, obviously there's going to be some huge size up there. I just had to go to the book. I have 14 just littered, 870,000 showing, so almost a million shares just showing at 14. What about the reverse split? Yeah, that, um, that let's see, I don't know if it, if they addressed Is that. it official or not? No, it, it was, ne- I don't think it was, it was never wait. official. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait. I said, what about it? Wait, what did, um, uh, Inch uh, said it was official, but yeah. I have not seen that. Yeah, oh, really? John Inch was on the show. I think I don't think Joel was here for that. I was gone, yep. Um, yeah, he said it was official. But I've never seen that. No, you're right. So I don't know if there's an assumption there or not. I'm not sure if this is still official, although John Inch knows a lot more than I do, so I'd probably take him over me. But I've never seen um, this officially said. And Grasso was on last week saying he thinks they're going to pull it and not do the reverse split. I thought the same thing. I thought that they might pull it too and not do the reverse split. I don't get it. I don't get it at all why you do a reverse split. You can see what happens, you know, obviously in a smaller case with NSPR. They typically, I've traded reverse splits for, de- you know, for 20 years. Wait, Vegas says it is official. It'll take place on the 4th. The 4th of what, May? Oh, okay. Well, it, no, it might be. I don't I'm know. In the fourth quarter, I think, is what he's trying to oh, say. In, oh, in the fourth. I, I, I know that, that is, they've obviously proposed it. I don't know if the board has approved this. Yeah, so I never saw board approval. That's why we're saying when by official, we mean board approved. And I've not seen a board approval headline go by my Benzinga Pro. So, And I've been looking for it and waiting for it because I figure it's going to sell off on that mm-hmm. headline. And I have not seen that happen yet. But you know, if you think a reverse split is good for the stock, look at NSPR today. Um, same thing. They typically, in my 20 years of experience of trading reverse splits, Usually the play is to short them the night before the split because they usually don't go up by enough the next day to get there. They usually don't. I don't know if it's going to be the case in GE, but if they're doing an eight for one, stock price has got to go up eight times. They usually don't. There's two reasons for that. One is there's GTC orders on the book, and some of the brokers don't adjust them, and I don't know why, and those orders tend to hold down the price um, in, in some cases. 
and like if it's still sitting out there, I mean, I'll sell my G at 20. Well, the 20 order is still out there, but it's a reverse split, so it should blow through that. It's the same reason if you bring up the NSPR chart today, why you see the stock trading down at $2 this morning. People screwing up. They didn't know it was a reverse split there, and they got orders sitting out there still, and they're getting picked off and picked off like crazy. Two, three, four, five, because the stock is obviously just as close as $7.35. Look at the money that some people were making off of that this morning. So typically, they don't go up by enough because there's too many dumb orders out there that are holding it down. That's the reason. So I don't know if that's going to be the case with GE or not, but um, the trade is usually to short them day before the reverse split and to cover them the next morning. That would have worked in NSPR if you were shorting it yesterday and covering it this morning. You are a happy camper. G looks like it wants to do some work under 13 here. Uh, currently holding just at 1311. Uh, I do see some daily lows underneath 13. So let's see where they at. There's two in a row under 13. So we'll hawk uh, 1285. That splits the two lows from the 20th and the 21st. So there's your potential support. Coming back on the upside, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see 1355. That was the bottom of yesterday's range. So, trading pretty good volume here. Bulls and bears squaring off right here. Uh, 1310, 1311, 1312. So, let's yep. see if we do some work to do. Probably some size at 13 on the bid, at least on the open. Go I can look it. right now and tell you what's on the bid. We'll just go to the trusty. NYSC right. well, open while, while you do that, go for the W's. Like just look, just look at the shippers. We're at like TOPS for for reverse splits. He's absolutely right. Um, and then who was it? Zachary uh, Rednyak in the chat just that he has one share or he had one share of NSPR. Now he's got um, a lot less than that. He had one <laughs> share. That means he's got a. Now point. He's, now How he's, does that even work when you have one? Share, I have no right? idea. They have a fraction of a share. I've never only had one share, but. Maybe means he had a thousand shares or a hundred shares. Uh, thirteen is one hundred and sixty thousand on the bid on GE. Thirteen oh five. So you want to look the book? The NYSE open book, sixty bucks a month. There's an advertisement for you, NYSE. Thirteen dollars, hundred and sixty thousand shares to buy. Thirteen oh five, ninety five thousand shares to buy. And then thirteen oh nine, thirteen ten, thirteen fifteen, thirteen twenty. Getting oh, thick. Thirteen twenty five, sixty thousand, fifty thousand. All kinds of stuff there. So uh, that's the way it works. Uh, Damon had 100 shares of NSPR, and now he has six. Yep, math checks There you go. Math checks out. Um, so. All right, it is 8.30. We're going to have Anne-Marie Band joining us in a couple of minutes. In the meantime, if you haven't already, go ahead and hit that like button so we can get. My goal every day is I want 50%. I want 50% of our viewers to have hit the like button. The 50% threshold. Joel, hit the like button. Right now, that actually, you know what? I didn't even like it yet. Now, there, now Joel I, has never liked the show once before. I guarantee you. You're not supposed you. to. You're not, if you're, if, you're not, you're you not can't like to. our own show? I, I, I don't think you can. I do it every day. Spencer, do you like our own show? So, sometimes I, I wonder. Actually, I sometimes forget. Sometimes I wonder, I wonder whether Joel even likes us. <laughs> I love you guys, man. <laughs> he had not like me since that Bitcoin tweet on Friday. He hasn't forgiven me yet for that one. <laughs> what what Bitcoin tweet? <laughs> what Bitcoin tweet? <laughs> Next. All right. Uh let's do a couple more here and then uh we'll get to Anne Marie and then there's a few other non earnings things we should we should get to. Uh do did we discuss three M yet? Uh, I don't think so. Oh uh, we didn't. PPE didn't help. <laughs> Yeah, uh, earnings uh, were good. They beat on the EPS. They beat on the sales. 
and they reaffirmed in-line uh, EPS guidance for the for the entire year. Consumer staples just fell out of favor last week when we decided that we're going up. You know, when the markets started making new highs and we decided we're going back into growth stocks, they've started selling consumer staples. Proctor Gamble, KMB reported they absolutely, that didn't help. They've hammered that. I mean, you can look at Clorox starting to get hit here and not looking great on the chart. Full disclosure, I am long Clorox. Got to have some consumer staples in your portfolio. 3M is a consumer staple as well. It's had a hell of a run. An ugly candle yesterday. Follow through. I would be nervous if it was long 3M. For the simple reason is that suddenly consumer staples are out of favor. If the market starts to roll over, consumer staples might start to catch a bit. You do see consumer staples in this environment moving opposite to the growth stocks. Uh, trading on the lows of the pre-market session, 195 is jumping out to me right now. Uh, that was a pair of lows from earlier in the month, buck and a quarter away from there. That looks like your support for now. And even this whole area, too. Uh, even under underneath it, there's uh, some bids at 194, 195. This kind of looks like a a potential buy zone here. If you can somehow mount a rally, uh, 199.58. That was the bottom of yesterday's range. So that that would be your uh, resistance if it can mount a rally. All right, one more. They're talking about a stock that we discussed last week, Crocs, C R O X. I want to know. One in the chat, and I'm going to start it with one myself. One in the chat, if you own a pair of Crocs. I own some Crocs slippers, and I am proud to admit it. I don't wear them in public. They're in this room, but they're the generic ones. I have the cheap ones from the flea markets from my mom, I think. (laughs) The generic knockoff brands. They're holes, and they they actually make the things, and they just put the holes in them themselves. (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable. This stock, this company is just swimming in money. Their EPS, a dollar and forty nine cents versus an eighty nine cent estimate. <sighs> Sales of four sixty million versus four fourteen million estimates. So they beat that number as well. Uh, they see sales growth for the current quarter, Q two, of sixty to seventy percent year over year. And for the for the whole year, they see sales growth of forty to fifty percent. Well, nobody leaves the if you're not if you're in a lockdown last year and you're not leaving the home, you wear your Crocs around. I mean, well, that's that was just, last year. This is this year. This is they're still going off of that though. This is last year's numbers. We're we're, we're still just getting. Well, I guess sure. this is first quarter, but we're still in lockdown in Ontario. I tell you that there's a lot a lot of the world just because the U.S. has reopened a lot. A lot of the world is not reopened. Ontario is more of a lockdown than we've ever been. We have more cases than we've ever had. So India, you know, obviously, and, you know, other country on the road, COVID is like running rampant in other places still. So there is a lot of air people who are still staying at home. I, I, maybe Tony's got it right. Maybe Crocs have, we've come all, you know, fashion is a circle, right? Crocs have come back. Maybe that's what this I, is. I never knew they went out of style. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't. I like the Crocs. They're comfy. Uh, nice move. New all-time high uh, by a wide margin here. Trading, wow, that's up eight bucks, eight and a half bucks. Uh, pre-market high, just made it on the last bracket, ninety-three fifty. It just matched ninety-three fifty, but you're still, you're still holding up here. So this is just another one where if you're if you're looking to sell or potential short, just. Keep an eye on that pre-market high. See where it is. See if it can keep going on that. Man, big old gap here down to uh, gap up. See at the top of yesterday, yesterday's range. I don't know if that's going to happen. 85.77. So you never know what big seller could come in. What kind of volume does Crocs trade? Decent volume. 
Uh, but uh, man, the call buyers might be selling some stock here on the open. Keep an pre-market. eye on the yeah pre market high right now. As I said, ninety three fifty double top on the fifteen minute chart. All right, let's bring on our guest and find out if she has Crocs. Anne Marie Ban is an author, a trader. She runs the tradingbook.com. Anne Marie, how many pairs of Crocs do you own? <laughs> She's got a pair on right now. She's wearing <laughs> no. one right now. Let's see your let's see I'm what you're wearing right you. now, Anne Marie. <laughs> oh, those are great. <laughs> I love the the little mousy slippers. Those are so cute. <laughs> That's I love those. That's it. <laughs> So, all right, so just to be clear, that's a no on the Crocs. No, but I have to tell you, my son-in-law, who is a 37-year-old man, is super fond of his. He's got, like, three pairs, and apparently you can do different things with them. You can – they're things for those little holes. They're – I know. It's crazy. It's built what, air conditioning. It's again. It's it's in again. Yeah. It's it's definitely in again. But here's the sad thing. I remember Crocs when it was five dollars. I do. I remember looking at it going, hmm, I wonder. (laughs) I wonder if it's gonna make it. Yeah. It did. Yeah. (laughs) It took a pandemic, but they became very popular during a pandemic. Five dollars. That must have been like years and years ago. Oh yeah. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Five bucks. Well, no, you know what? I remember them from like when my kids were still little, like 2007, 2008, those sorts of years. Wow. Um, 79 cents. And it was the low it got to. No, yeah. So I, I do. I, I remember them from way back in the day. So <laughs> to look at that and go 93. Wow. Obviously, I need to get better at uh, understanding how fashion moves. So, <laughs> Anne-Marie, I, I saw that you uh, you made an appearance at the Cleetech conference. I did. And I, did. I, was, I did not know that uh, you were an environmentalist. Uh, what did I, I – I'm not. Um, what, what you well, talk about? You know, my thing is we were talking about investing, and when you when – you, are when you care about the environment, you know, I take my recycling down into the bins. I try to buy things that aren't got a lot of packaging on them, right? But I invest to make money. And so a lot of clean tech or environmentally, socially responsible sort of ETF style whatevers they don't always do well. And so my thought was, hey, listen, I'm here on clean tech to say, if you want to get in on something that you feel um, morally uh, called to do, then get boots on the ground in your neighborhood and do something like that. And if you want to do something that matters for the future, then look at the inputs. And so we were looking at metals and the sorts of miners that bring this stuff out of the ground. Because my thought is, if you're a good, strong mining operation, you're going to want the inputs that people get right now. And so those are going to be the things for batteries and the things for, you know, chips and that sort of thing. And so I talked about valet a little bit, and I knew that they were going to report. And so I thought, all right, if you haven't 
invested in Valet because they really run the gambit. They they pull everything out of the ground and they've been around for a really long time and I really like them. They just reported so they're doing they're doing all right. Um I was hoping that they would have like a little pullback because you know over time as I get older in the game, you know, you realize that the market has this naturally bullish slant. And so, you know, what you try to do is make sure you have enough dry powder that when people are running, screaming with their hair on fire, wanting to get out of the room, you're sitting back going, all right, let's, let's see when we can pick up a few shares here. And so the older I get in the game, moving uh, through that investment space, as well as sitting in the future space, I start seeing, hey, you know, let's wait for these uh, dips to add. And so I was hoping for a little bit of a fade with Valet. Did not happen unless, you know, I was right there after the reports. I can see it from my Benzinga Pro that it faded and then everybody picked it up. I mean, they were all waiting at 19 and it's just going to run. So my thought particularly here is if you want to acquire, you know, sell some puts far out. If we have a sideways or a messy summer, then you save yourself. So you look to October maybe and you say, all right, let's see what the 17 or 18s are selling for and let's give it a go. We can acquire on the cheap and, you know, these guys have been around for so long. They know what they're doing and they do it well. And so they've, they're slipping into a lot of uh, really good spaces that I like to go. So that was the reason for me to give okay. that alternate slant in that clean tech space. Sounds good. Sounds good. What about uh, overall market here? Uh, just uh, the ranges are, I mean, low vowel, just yeah. climbing, climbing, climbing. I mean, any uh, any chinks in the armor of the market here that, you, that you're seeing? You know, um, it's when everything looks like there's clean and free sailing and you can't see any clouds on the horizon that you get hyper-focused and what you end up doing is expanding your risk threshold. So what eventually happens to me, and, and I would guess that I'm just as normal as any other Joe, is that the more leveraged I get, the more anticipatory I come about, I become about future motion. And so that makes me want to, um, be a little more cautious and then things start to wiggle. And when it all drops off, unless you're prepared to manage that drawdown, things really savagely fade. But my thought is for every fade, there's a bid under the market. You can take a look across all the option chains, out of the money calls, still expanding, put buying, no matter what, you know, I used to use that VIX to say, all right, when they start buying, I'm going to watch for the uh, jittery parts in the market to see how it moves. But I think folks are just buying puts because they're like, 
well, we got to buy some puts. I mean, if we don't, then we've got no hedge. And that all those puts go to zero unless they're, you know, the guys that are buying them for a nickel three years out or whatever. And so that really is what I like to look at. Look at that pervasive out of the money call buying and, and watch it start to drift off. And I have not seen it drift off at all. It's still a retail driven market. That's telling me like that. There's still a lot of people who are still bullish. There's a lot of newbies that still believe the stocks only go up. And even, you know, when we pull back a bit, they're like, well, I'm just going to buy the dip. Because exactly. I know the stock will come back eventually. And I'm going to buy calls because I know eventually that stocks are going to go up. True. When have they not been rewarded for that? In the I last... know. Well, forever. I mean, we're all-time highs. <laughs> right? That's, that's I mean, true. no it's... matter how savage it is, everybody thinks, hey, it's okay. And listen, it's going to work until it doesn't. And we know that as veterans – what we just have to look for is how do these wicks look on the bottom? How, how do they look? Are they savage or do we start seeing sort of a grind off of these edges? And until we stop breaking higher and the grinds off of the bottom start, look, start looking a little weaker, then the broad market's going to move up. But as I was mentioning with someone else the other day, Market rotation versus sector rotation, two totally different things. So people might be listening to us saying, oh, yeah, everything's at all-time highs, and they're going to point to their favorite, I don't know, riots, right? We look at riots, and, you know, it, started, it was just blazing a trail, and now all of a sudden it's in this big, jagged mess of whatever mm -hmm. sitting in that space. And so – what we have to see is that there's clear sector rotation. Some things are moving out of favor. And if you're thinking about that, then, you know, focus on the fact that your stocks that you hold, if they're not making higher highs with the broad market, it means you've got to start watching those support zones. And if you, you say to yourself, all right, I'm committed to picking up off of the support zone. If it bounces off of that support and doesn't lose it again, you're okay. But if it loses that support again, you just simply have to be sensible and say, all right, what's going to happen if the wheels come off the bus here? And a lot of times what we end up thinking about is, what am I going to miss out if it goes to the moon? That's, and that's what everybody's thinking. Exactly. And that's really a great way to have yourself set up to lose if something catastrophic happens. Not saying that it will. But the fact of the matter is we buy flood insurance here in Florida because, well, you could have a flood. I mean, you buy tornado insurance or whatever in other places, but you have to think about the worst case scenarios to protect who you are existentially from a portfolio perspective. So what's on your radar then if we have these, you know, relentless call buyers and the markets are making new highs and, you know, obviously you still have to be protecting and, and, and careful with what, but, but where are you looking? Where are you looking right now at, you know, potentially putting money? I look for, I, I'm 
in the commodity space. I've been in the commodity space for a year and a half, and it's been such a drudgery until about the last four months ago. It's been a great four months. Yeah. So I continue to be in that commodity space. Inputs are going to be expensive. And so, and that's going to be, you know, whether you are a climate person and you go, hey, listen, this is the cycle for the ring of fire to be at its peak. And so we're going to have more volcanic eruptions. That's going to send more stuff in the troposphere. That's going to give us less light. Also, if we've got coronavirus, if we look at SARS, it took SARS almost three years to, one of my sons used to say the word wistapear because he can say disappear. It's going to take that time before that happens. And so who are we going to get to pull these, uh, this food out of the ground? Sure, maybe that's why deer and... Uh, Caterpillar and all those guys have run up because we need me- more mechanical stuff to get into the fields to pull the gr- the stuff out of the ground or it's going to rot again. And so all our inputs are going to keep skyrocketing. And so we've got to think about if the inputs, corn, soybeans, whatever, wheat, what coffee, whatever, keeps rising, the things that eat that, going to keep rising. Guess what I learned this week? Brown eggs and white eggs have no nutritional value differences. Really? I always thought that brown, oh, brown eggs are better. No, you know why brown eggs cost more? Because it takes more feed for the chickens to turn the eggs brown. So why buy them? I guess because is- everybody thinks brown eggs are better for you. <laughs> it's a story. Oh, damn. The story. They bought the story. Oh. I did buy the story and I just out of the blue I went, hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> I started searching. I went, oh my gosh, I've been scammed for 20 years. So <laughs> anyways, <laughs> as it goes, these inputs, so lean hogs. So if you want to look at Moo, if you want to look at DBA, yeah. um, all of those things, if you're looking for Exploded. an ETF, just listen, they're moving higher. They'll move a little bit lower. They'll start getting sold off if the market stops getting a pervasive bid. But on the dips, you buy a little bit. You buy a little bit. You don't have to buy it all because the run is supposed to last, you know, as long as these cooler summers and wetter summers come in with potentially the ability to destroy crops and cooler springs, which also will destroy crops, this is the way to go. So I'm totally focused in the commodities. I have been sitting, of course, you guys know I sit in the cyberspace that's that one area that I really feel like we are underprotected. And then, you know, my inputs, how are, how are metals looking in terms of the metals that we use? Lithium, uranium, cobalt, manganese, and valet is your one-stop shop for that. 
Yeah, you've been on that train uh, for for a while now, and, and you've been right. Uh, so very interesting to watch. Uh, the also in in addition to the the cyberspace, just the rally in these commodities. And Marie Band, if you want more from her, you can go to the tradingbook.com. She runs that site. She is an author. She's a trader. And she's one of our favorite guests that we have. And we appreciate her time, as always. Anne-Marie Band, thank you so much. Thank I, you. I, I, guys, smash the like for Anne-Marie and, and the way she just makes everything seem okay. Even she when, does. She even, makes everything better. Even in the midst of a pandemic, she makes, she makes it, it better. okay. She makes it better. Remember, I'll never forget, we had her on. It was like, it was like March of last year. And everyone's like freaking out. Oh yeah, I'm hiding on. under my desk. And 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 she and the market was like was getting crushed. And after she was on talking, like I felt better. I felt you better. do. You feel better after just listening to her. And the little yeah. mousy slippers, those are just yeah. so Anne Marie. I yeah. love that. Yeah, great stuff, <laughs> guys. Go ahead. If you want more Anne Marie, smash the like and and we'll have her back here. Um, eight fifty three here. I got a couple other things on my radar, and then I want to do some ticker time if we, if we can get to. I don't know, call it 900 likes uh, in the next few minutes here. Um, I want to talk about uh, GameStop just for a second because they announced that they completed their offering. They're at the market offering. So they raised uh, about a half a bill, a a little over half a bill, uh, by selling, I guess, 3 million shares uh, at the market over the last few months. It starts to perk up every few weeks. It seems to get forgotten, 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 and then it starts to perk up here again. Yep. It started perking up yesterday with the big move from 150 to close at 168. Now you get the fallouts removed. We're up to over almost $200 after hours, just ticked under it. Obviously, that's major resistance, that $200 level. You can clearly read that from the chart. Um, I'm scared of the stock. I'm just literally scared of the stock because it's a stock that doesn't care about fundamentals. It's a story stock. The story just does not go away. I thought the story was done back in February, and then it started to show life again. I mean, this is another stock that can just go anywhere. It would not surprise me, you know, if this thing's actually higher. And if the Roaring Kitty guy makes a lot of money, it would not surprise me if it's lower. Um, this is just can go anywhere. I can't trade the stock. I don't know how to trade the stock. Uh, it did bump up near 200 to get that uh, that lift to this morning 198 i'm just there's not exact levels here i, I want to say 150 but I'm, I'm looking and i see the lows actually under that but trading range for one two three four five six seven eight eight nine days you've been between 144.70 and hmm the high of that range was 162.98. So let's see if it wants to come back into that range. I mean, that's where it's been longer term at 200 just looks like major resistance. So maybe it's just a trading range stock instead of blasting off and going to 250 or 300 or breakdown. Yeah, it is. It looks smaller on the chart just because of the, you know, the big move that it had. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, we'll see if it can bust over 200. What about get enough tits, let's get enough likes? Let's go. Take no, we time. didn't. No, we didn't. But I have more. I, I want to talk GMBL gamble. Gamble. Esports entertainment is up. How much this morning? It's up 19 percent now and rising. Why? I don't. Maybe Dennis, if you know something, I don't know. But they got an initiation this morning from HC Wainwright uh, to. They gave it a buy rating 
They gave it a $20 price target. It's going to hit that in a few minutes. H.C. Wainwright is known for crazy price targets. 20 isn't that crazy on this one, though. But they've come out with stocks, you know, two bucks, and they say it's going to 20. Um, they, they give some crazy price targets sometimes. And people listen. That's people listen crazy. to this. I've, I've talked with the little boutiques, and some of them are very influential. H.C. Wainwright is one of them. So it is lifting here, obviously, up significantly, um, trading up 19%. 15 bucks is the next major resistance point for this stock. So, again, we've moved back into some of these higher growth, you know, no earnings or high PE names. We've done that over the last week. So, you know, that trade does continue. I just don't know, like, wow. how much overhead supply, Joel, you're coming into. Just a, yeah, that's a big move off HC Wainwright. So, I mean, if you're fortunate to have this one and you're looking for resistance, Dennis mentioned 15. I see 1531. So, if we do manage to get through that uh, that pre-market high of 1464, that would be the next stopping point, 1531. But, man, I mean, they're... They're influential. They're getting the stock moving. I oh man, if it closed up two bucks on the day, good job to HC Wainwright. But I, I don't know. A lot of people have been accumulating this, or you know that support at ten. Now you get you get this kind of news. I don't know. Well, See if I, it can hold. I just uh, pasted the link in the chat to our interview with the CEO of uh, GMBL, Grant Johnson, who was on the Power Hour uh, two weeks ago. So check okay. check that out there. But yeah, big move for an initiation that caught my eye this morning because I was like, "What? Initiated a buy? Okay, yeah. okay." But but wow. Um, what else was on my list here? Well, we got mega cap attack earnings coming up. Yeah, I mean, tonight we got yeah. Microsoft, AMD, Google. Here, um, Pinterest Ooh. is reporting. Wednesday we got Apple, Facebook. Thursday we got Amazon. So basically, thirty percent of the S and P is going to report here in the next forty-eight hours. Wait, Dennis, um, you, uh, you want to see a cool chart? This is from the Benzinga data team. Yeah. So uh, the data team puts it together every week during earnings season. All right, this is just cool. a chart of the earnings. Ignore the bottom, whatever the pie chart is, whatever the the bar charts. What I care about. Okay. Uh, so here we are. We're on Tuesday. Look at Wednesday and Thursday. In that one overnight session, Wednesday to Thursday, there is three hundred and forty-one <laughs> in one overnight session from Wednesday afternoon to Thursday morning. Okay, so there's 97 reporting tonight after the close, 95 tomorrow morning. Uh, you mentioned a few of them. I'll bring up our graphic here so people can see. We've got Microsoft tonight, Alphabet tonight, AMD tonight, Visa, Starbucks, Pinterest tonight, uh, tomorrow morning, Boeing, Spotify, Shopify. So big names, big names tonight. Yeah, tomorrow. big names coming up. Um, you know, and obviously some of these stocks have run into the report so you got to look if you're trading earnings um you know and obviously you're holding through the earnings just be aware stocks that are running up ahead of the reports have to blow it away the stocks are being sold off and the reports don't have to do as much so um it's all about expectations earnings is all about expectations it's kind of an art trading these things you get the ones like tesla that are really going nowhere and they're tougher to trade it's not coincidental tesla's kind of been chopping around here a week and a half going into the report and the stock, you know, is kind of wishy-washy even after the report. It got hit here a bit. You know, it was trading up and then it's trading down right away. You know, it's down 20 bucks. But it's tough. You know, the, the traders on the street aren't convicted going in. And sometimes coming out, they don't know what to think of them either. So expectations are everything when you're trading earnings. That's exactly right. Uh, one more thing on my list here. Uh, oh, I wanted to hit on uh, SPCE. I got a question about this yesterday. Uh, Virgin Galactic. Uh, the question was... 
well, I mean, to the, to the extent that you can answer it, the question was, is it a buy here? It, it's bounced, which I guess is worth something. But I don't know what you guys think about space. They, they, it, I like the story. The story, all of a sudden, valuation started to matter. I feel yeah. like all of these growth names, like Fubo, Space, you can throw them all, Skills, throw them all in the same category. They're all kind of moving together. You can relationship and pair trade them up even right now not long term because they have nothing to do with each other but short term all these small little growth names are all moving together um they've had a good bounce though already some of these have already bounced significantly i know if you bought fubo at 40 you're looking oh it's a 22 you know is it ready to come back well i mean three days ago 17 somebody's up a quick 25 percent in this thing in four days so that's a pretty good bounce it's it's not I, i don't think it's going back to 40 i don't even think it's going back to 30 so I'm looking at this as an opportunity that if you were maybe a little bit, you know, heavy into the growth names, they lighten up into this. They got oversold. They've bounced. A lot of these growth names are up 25% in a week. Um, it doesn't look like much on the charts. Like I said, if you bought it at 50 or 60, you're not loving a three-point pop and me saying it's had a good run. But that's what's happened. It has had a good three, four-day run. Um, does it have room to 25? Probably. Above that, it's going to get into all kinds of overhead supply. So, and that was Fubo. But going back to space, same story. I mean, breaks down from thirty. Everybody's caught. Bag holder central. Um, you're getting what is called, a, you know, a little bit of a dead cap bounce, a relief rally. Um, I think it gets up to twenty five and stalls out. So, am I coming in at twenty three fifty and buying, thinking it's going back to thirty? Unless there's a headline or a driver or somebody big. Like, you know, takes a position and an activist takes a position in it or something. I don't know why I would have an activist. Yeah, did it branch themselves some stock? Well, they all were. Well, they, you yeah. know, they all were. Yeah. So, yeah. and this is this is something that's not going to have revenue for a long time. The story is ice cold. So, pun fully intended. So, it's hard to get bullish, even though we, we're, we're starting to look a little bit more perky on the chart. At least it stopped going down. So much overhead supply, I can't come in with new money. I mean, if you're if you're a long termer here, and you know you want to risk, you know where it's trading twenty three fifty four, and you just you know you want to you say, hey, that twenty is a solid bottom, then you know you risk your your stop three, yourself four above. There. Yeah, stop. You know, um, also if you kind of feel like you missed the bottom here, see if it you know makes a little. Let's say we get up to twenty four, and then hey, you know have a couple weekdays, come back down to twenty two, a little bit of retrace. But it's trying. But once again, you know, what's the cattle? I mean, I just like the whole time I'm thinking, who's paying 350k to go in the outer space? And, and actually, that matters now. That yeah. did not matter three months ago, though, because it was the story. The story is cold, and now reality is set in. And Joel's question now is completely valid: Who's coming in and paying 350k to go to space? That's the question now because value investors, growth guys are out and the value investors are asking that question that Joel is asking, which is an important question now. When the story is hot, it doesn't matter. You know, that question doesn't matter. But when the story cools off, that question all of a sudden matters. So your story, your question has significant relevance right now. And it's a big reason why I'm probably not buying it. All right. This is what we're going to do. We're all going to get rich on meme stocks. Okay. And then we're all going to go to space and we're going to record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, but he didn't deny the meme stock thing. Okay, so Joel's okay with getting rich on meme off meme stocks. So we're gonna go to I, I, this meme stock thing, man. Yeah, it's just everything. Uh, everything about this market <laughs> is so fake. It's such a fake market, you know. Like with you know, oh yeah, we'll just you know create a meme or it's a sto- it's a market that wants a story. It's a market that wants everybody to get rich. And, and and you know what? And some people did get rich. Congratulations to Roy and Kitty. 
But this is um, a market that is just, it, it, it sets up so much like 1999. And it really, you know, and all these growth names and all these spaces and Fubos and stocks that we were in last year. Uh, but they're broken. They're broken now. And I just don't see them coming back. I don't see Fubo eventually going up to $60 next week. And I might be wrong. You know, maybe we're going to have a bag holder bailout again. We had it back in January where they were just buying up all the crap. Um, I, I just think we kind of followed, we've kind of still following the, the 2000 script. I mean, again, I'm going to go back to March of 2000 when you had, you know, the, the, everybody thinks the tech bubble just burst. They don't do any homework. And if you hear about it, you know, we just went straight down. It took two years. It was like every time they relief rally a little bit there, they're coming up. Oh, yeah, they're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. No, they start leaking again. They're leaking again because it was no value in any of the stuff. And you got to look at, you know, what you're in, the kind of stocks you're in. There's a lot of stocks that are probably not even going to be around. I'm not joking in a couple of years that have had nice rallies in the last few days. And if you think, you know, and some of these are going to be, there's going to be the Amazons. There's going to be a few of them. But a lot of these growth names, a lot of these 100 EV plays, the SPACs, that have all had pretty good rallies in the last couple of weeks, I think you lighten up into this rally. I really do, because I think there's a lot more pain ahead for a lot of these names, including Space and Fubo. I think there's more pain down the road. If if I'm just taking a guess. I think Fubo and Space, when I look at them a year from now, are lower. That's what I'm saying today on the show. Here's the difference, is that after the dot-com bubble uh, burst, the overall market spent two years going down. Right now, the whether you want to say the growth growth is out of favor, but the market is still going higher. So, so there's a good point, but it's really, there, really there's a separation. That. And somebody said it best last year. We got like the you know we had like the best hits from 1999, and then we also had some great hits from 2008 too, where you had a lot of companies that were just not able to catch a bid and going down. We don't have that right now. What we have is a value oriented market. It changed. We flipped the script. And the value stocks, the difference between why you're not seeing, this is not March 2000 for this reason, it's a great point you're making, is because there there was a run-up in everything back in March of, in, in 1999, 2000, Walmart wasn't even a growth name, really. Walmart had been around for 15 years, was trading with a P of 50. I mean, everything was inflated. And, and, and we look back to two months ago or three months ago before this value trade, you had Cleveland Cliffs trading with a P of three, four. You had value. You had value. You didn't have that. So what you've got to separate it. There were stocks that were like priced like it's 1999, and there were stocks that was priced like it was 2008. The stocks that were priced like it was 2008, a lot of them have had relentless bids, a revaluing, saying, hey, these companies aren't going out of business. Hey, you know, we're not in 2008. We're in a financial crisis, and they're going to have to dilute themselves to stay in. We've got an inflationary environment. It's become a value-oriented market, which is why these growth stocks are all out of favor. Is it? Do we just eventually throw the value trade out and go back into these growth names? I don't think so because there's so many people caught in all those growth names now. That's why I think I'd be a buyer of dips on some of the value names and a seller of rips on the growth names because I think the value trade continues to go here. I mean, these these rotations don't flip back. I mean, they they they're trends that per you know persist for years. So you know, it's just hard to call it and say, hey, yeah, okay, growth is is back when it's underperformed or excuse me, value is underperformed and now it's coming back. Who knows how long it's going to last? 
it, and, and nobody knows anything. We're all just giving opinions and we're giving, you know, our thought process here. It might just go crazy. Maybe we buy, we bail out all the football holders and all the, the SPAC holders and all that. But, but typically, if we're looking back at history, that's not what usually occurs. When you get this much pain, stocks that go down 90%, and we don't have a lot of stocks that are down 90%, but when a stock goes down 90%, there's a stat out there that 90% of the time when you look at this, that same stock. So if your stock falls 90% for whatever reason, and when you look at it 10 years later, 90% of those stocks are still down or lower than that. So nine out of 10 times when your stock goes down 90%, nine out of 10 times, it doesn't come back. So we're not at that point, but some of these stocks are down 50, 60%. They start getting to the critical 70, 80, 90% down. There's just too many bag holders out there that typically these stocks do not come back. So I'm going out to say right now, you know, Fubo is down 60%. There's a possibility that the stock may never come back. It might. Maybe Fubo takes over. Maybe streaming sports take over. Maybe, you know, it does. And maybe, maybe this is going to be the one, you know. But there's also the possibility that the stock does not come back. So just don't go all in on growth saying, well, stocks only go up. Because if you look back to 1999, and this is, we're talking just the growth names, the ones that trade with ridiculous valuations or you know, valuations that aren't even there because they don't have any revenue at all, um, they're pre-revenue. Um, a lot of those companies in all likelihood, some of these companies are going to zero. Some of these companies are likely going to zero. Not all of them, but some of them. And so just, you gotta stay diversified. I think you have some growth. I think you have some value. Um, but you know, if you're trying to get rich fast and you want to do it the roaring kitty style and go merge it in on one stock, I mean, that's a different game than I'm playing. I'm not trying to go, I'm not taking risks. You know, maybe if you're 22 years old and you can just take risks like that, it doesn't matter. I mean, I started a career of day trading when I was 22 years old. That was a huge risk. I was 22 years old. I could recover. I'm 44 now. I'm not looking to do that. You know, you're older than that, Joel. I won't make fun of your age here on this one because I'm trying to make a good point, but I'm just saying that. Don't think that your growth name has to come back because it doesn't. It's a great point. Stocks always go up until they don't anymore. <laughs> it, it, it's we've crashed. We've crashed on these stocks. Let's yeah. let's call let's call it what it is. Yeah, Fubo. This is a crash from the. It was a slow, steady crash, just like 1999. From fifty dollars to twenty one is you know we're down sixty five or sixty dollars is the high. You're down 60% from the high, 65% from the highs. This is significant. A lot of people really believe that Fubo will be a $60 stock again. And like I said, it might. But the, the odds, the quantitative statistics will tell you it probably isn't. So, you know, and that's going to be a lot of stocks like that. It's hard to come back because it's, it's easy to go up when there's no overhead supply. All there is is bag holders in there now. A, a lot of people down in that stock. A lot of people down in all these stocks, like Sundial. You know my question I get about Sundial growers every week, yeah. SNDL? Really? I have this sent to me every single week by someone. It, it, it's a, as if you, what do you think of Sundial? What do you think of Sundial? It's as if your opinion will make it go higher, which is ridiculous. Well, they, they just want to, they want to hear that it's eventually going back to $3. Yep. This, yep. for all intents and purposes, was a pump and dump, the Sundials. You know, we had a number of traders on Twitter that were really pumping this stock. They probably sold. I don't know what they were doing, but you know, this thing went from a dollar to three fifty when everybody was just grabbing on to whoever had an opinion on Twitter on something. It's back at eighty-eight cents. In all likelihood, and you know, maybe it's going to. But there's so many people caught in this now. Like Joel, you know about this. Like 
think about how many people are caught in this SNDL. Just me getting these emails every week saying, do you think SNDL is coming back? When's SNDL going back to three? When's SNDL going back to two? When's SNDL going back to a bunch of I see it all the time. I mean, the stock is probably not coming back because there's too many bag holders in there. If it goes back to a dollar, the people who bought a dollar are trying to sell it. It goes back to a dollar and a quarter. People who bought a dollar and a quarter are trying to sell it. There's so much overhead supply. So many people caught in the stock that believed in the story back in February um, that, you know, this is going to $20 or $15 or $10. You got to sell your peanuts while the circus is in town because this is a company, if you look at the long, long-term chart, that has struggled for a long time, 12, 10, 11. It had a nice pop in January. There was a lot of people pumping the stock on Twitter. And obviously, um, you know, some people, you know, um, obviously got caught up in that. And maybe held on too long. It's going to be difficult for that stock to come back. Look at look at these pot stocks too. CGC that got to fifty five. Now it's back down twenty seven, twenty eight. Bag holders and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's really hard for the growth names. That's why I was like, this has been a good rally for some of these names. Not Sundial, but you know, for CGC, it's had a good three day rally here. Now that that, but I like CGC of the pot names. I like CGC, one of the better ones. But, you know, you can look at a free eye. You can look at – they've all perked up a bit. So people are, like, getting interested again. But what happened in 1990 – in 2000, it, they perked up. We had the perk up, remember, in July. Same timing. Two, three months after. Go back to your charts and look. I'm taking it from my memory. But I can remember it very well because I was trading all these stocks. We perked up. We, we broke in March of 2000. And we perked up in the summer. And we started coming back. And everybody's like, oh, here we go. We're coming back. We're coming back. And you know what? They started buying them up in the summer again. And you know what that created? A whole new group of bag holders because the stocks continued to go down. Lucent Technologies. And these were some widely held companies. Big companies, yeah. $80 to 70 to 60 to 50. And then in the summer, it started to come back to 60. And people are like, oh, it's going back to eight. Actually, that wasn't right because Lucent went from 80 to 50 in one day. It was like the big fall. So it wasn't the greatest example. But there was a lot of stocks that leaked, 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 leaked. It was death by a thousand cuts. And then they got the nice little pop up in the summer. We rallied for two months in the summer of 2000. Yeah, we did. And you know what? Then we created a whole bunch of new bag holes. And we started to leak on all these again. Because you know what? When you're buying stocks with P's and 90 and 100 or trading 80 times sales, that eventually usually doesn't work out in the long run. Value actually does matter in the long run. So you're paying 80 times sales. You better hope that the growth rate is off the charts and eventually they can grow into that. It's hard to grow into uh, a growth rate that high. Expectations just simply too high. People hate me for this conversation. I hope somebody gets something out of it. I know. No, I think it. No, I think it. Uh, no, I think you're making good points and stuff we talk about here. Consistent. I'd sell a lot of these names into the strength they're seeing today. C- CR is trying to trigger you, Dennis, with, with this. this uh, That's something on my lips. Somebody's telling me. <laughs> CR is trying to trigger Dennis right now, saying NSPR is up a thousand percent in the overnight session. Um, uh, wait. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, it was spit. <laughs> I, I spit. I was talking so hard. I'm going at the mouth. Wait, I'm one, falling at the mouth with this conversation. <laughs> one quick PSA. I will. I will be watching uh, Mind Med today. Uh, the uplist to the Nasdaq is happening today. It's gonna uh, train. The ticker will change from MMEDF to MNMD. It's been running up for the last couple of days now. Really want to see how it trades. Actually, like once the uplist happens, whether it fades or keeps going, 
that could be a trendsetter for future uplistings, but I'm going to be, be watching that today. Uh, guys, uh, this was a fantastic discussion from Dennis and Joel. If you got some value out of it, which I believe I believe most of you did, uh, go ahead and just hit the like button. Just, just hit the, It takes two seconds, and that's how you show us that you appreciate Dennis and Joel taking time out of their morning to, uh, you know, yeah, maybe maybe we're not always just pumping, pumping, and pumping. You know, it's not like we're pumping power over here, but sometimes you, you got to have some real talk, real talk. And that was real talk right there, and um, we and we appreciate that. So uh, thank you very much, Dennis and Joel, for a sense of uh, 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 context against history. And yeah, that's uh, that's all I had to say. Mitch, do you have anything you want to add to that? I might give the contrarian view here. So one of the things oh, that I'd mentioned right. is that in 1999, we didn't have Kathy Wood. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I think that growth will be back. We did, um, though. Think, who was the, 19, no, who was no, the Kathy Wood? We was, did. It was the who Janice. Who was our Kathy Wood? It was Janice 20, right? It was. Uh, there was a bunch of them. There yeah. was a bunch of yeah. Kathy's. Yeah. Blodgett. 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 There you go. You guys, you guys Blodgett, know. Blodgett was so good, he got banned from securities. That's how good he was. <laughs> um, and then he found the business insider. But um, there's all, there just was, right. And, and you know what? Maybe we just turn around and maybe we do bail out all these bag holders. We could. I mean, two, it could two happen. Options. Two options. We either go down with Kathy or we come back up with Kathy. Right. And I think that's She's going down with the ship, though, because she doesn't care about valuation. See how many paths she bought? You see that P-A-T-H? Last night, she no. bought in every fund. Palantir starting to look good. P A T H. She bought in every single fund last night. Yeah, she bought thirty. Every single all six funds bought P A T H. Except maybe not the space one. I'm sorry, she, she, the bought, space one. she bought two point seven million shares of, of Path yesterday. Yeah, but all in different funds. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never seen her buy it in every single fund. I've never. I will look at these arc emails all the time. I've never seen her buy a stock in every single fund. Every That's single true. one of her funds owns was buying Path. That I don't know if the space thing. one was on there. What she got six or there's the six main ones and then there's the seventh is the space one now. Uh, no, there's uh, the six main ones. No, the space isn't space is a main one. I don't know. Okay, even. so I'm asking you the number of funds now. Is there six or seven? Uh, I think there's six. But let me. She bought in six funds. There's uh, there's KK, KG, uh, KW, yeah, KF, KX. That's five. And uh, one, two, three, four, five. There's five. There's six. I'm sorry, six yeah. including space. So she bought all and all six funds. She bought yeah. path. She felt that that stock should be in every one of her funds, even the space fund. We'll keep an eye on Aunt Kathy here. Aunt Kathy, maybe she right. brings us back. All right, she guys. Might. I I know you stayed late. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, I I have a quick programming note. Uh, by Dennis, uh, by Joel, guys. Uh, we had asked you what you want to see on our stream. And you said you, you want more live trading. So we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. S today, in starting in seven minutes, David Green, okay, from Wall Street Global Trading Academy, he's been trading for 30 years, is going to, uh, he's been doing a weekly show with us every Monday, Monday from two to three, okay? Today, he's going to go live from 9.25 in five minutes to 10.30. He's going to stream live his trading from from his room, uh, it's basically when he does all his trades anyway. Same thing with Dennis and Joel, right? Like they're mostly done trading by ten by like eleven o'clock in the morning. Um, so he's going to stream live for the next hour into the open, 
uh, he's not so much going to be taking questions as much as he's going to be just trading live with with the guys in in, in his room or, or the, the people in his room. And and we'll be able to watch that because what we've been doing every every Monday for the last month is is he's been walking through setups what he has traded, what he would trade, but now we're going to see what he is trading live. So this stream will end. It will redirect automatically to that stream, uh, or you just go to youtube.com slash Benzinga. It's going to start at 925, and it's going to be David just trading live into the open. That's going to be the next hour after after this right here. Okay, so live trading for the next hour, uh, we have, we'll have uh, SPACs attack at 11, like usual. Uh, power hour. We've got get technical when Neil Hamilton is not canceled. We just moved him to later on in the day. That'll be on after the power hour today. We've got our crypto show. We've got our at the close show. We've got uh, trending charts with Trend Spider. And we've got Money Mitch. And we've got Trading Nomadic later on today. So we're still going live uh, all day. But we're just reworking our schedule a little bit. We we we're, we're trying to get some more trading, more live trading. We know that's what you want, and we were we were we're, we're delivering on that. We're delivering on that. So that's going to happen right now. Uh, as the the thing says there on the bottom of the screen, if you want a free trial of Benzinga Pro, a free two week trial, go to pro.benzinga.com. Or if you want a discount, enter the code YouTube twenty. That'll get you twenty percent off. Any subscription? Jay Rose isn't biotech today. No, Vivi is actually out this week, so no biotech today or Thursday. Vivi is out; uh, she's unavailable. Um, she's uh, out of town, so she is. So no biotech for this week because Vivi is out. So uh, what time for Neil? Pete Rosenberg wants to know. I'm gonna say my my plan is one o'clock. Um, th- that's my plan. Power hour may go may go a little longer. Uh, but my plan is one o'clock Eastern time for power. Uh, forget tactical, um, and so that's that's the uh, th- that's the schedule for that. Uh, yes, Susan, get technical will still air after the power hour. Uh, my intention is for get technical to start at one o'clock Eastern time. Depends how late those guys go. Um, uh, it'll just be whenever whenever that show ends. I, I wish I could tell you, but but I can't. Um, what else was I going to say? YouTube twenty. Uh, to get a 20% discount on Benzinga Pro. If you want to become an affiliate of Benzinga Pro, you get a cut of any new subscriber you send us. Go to Benzinga.PartnerStack. It's up on the screen, Benzinga.PartnerStack.com to sign up, become an affiliate. You send us subscribers. We send you a cut of every new subscriber. Uh, So there it is up on the screen. And that's going to be a wrap. So like I said, hit the like button. I'm going to end this stream it should, uh, if YouTube works, frankly, which doesn't always work, but you know, usually it does. If it works, it'll redirect you to the next stream starting in two minutes, or just go to our YouTube page. Go to Search Benzinga on YouTube. Go to our channel, and David Green will be starting live in two minutes to trade at the open. Uh, until then, everyone have a good rest of your morning. How many likes are we at right now? We are at. Let's just scroll up and find because i brought up a new page we're at how many we're at let's see if we can get to let's see if we can get to 900 likes we're almost at 900 um there we are we're at 900 thank you very much (laughs) all right uh i'm done david green starting live in two minutes i'll see you guys there uh good luck at the open and uh thanks for watching